You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, all of you lovely, lovely folks, to episode 203 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. We are back with a brand new episode, guys. Sorry it's a little late. Uh, just to kind of jump ahead of that right now, uh, we are recording remotely. You might be able to tell with the difference in sound quality. Um, but yeah, we weren't able to record on our normal day because I was at Emerald City Comic Con over the weekend and uh in just getting getting together during the week is just damn near impossible nowadays. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. I mean, if I was still working up there, it'd probably be a lot easier cuz I could just leave work and come up there. But to, but you're not. But I'm not. Ain't. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> true uh yeah so what's what's happening taylor what's what's the happy haps uh not much i got an air fryer that's my big excitement that is big that's big news yeah have you started just putting random shit in it yet the only thing i've made so far is potatoes we got like a blue apron meal and it had some like yukon gold or whatever they're called potatoes we just threw those in there Mm. Because it was like preheat oven to 450. And we were like, no, (laughs) it is too hot for that shit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've had two air fryers just over the years. um, And in my experience, you know, making different things in it, it seems like they make potatoes the best, regardless of what form they're in. Never tried like mashed potatoes because that's just it's insanity but done like french fries uh tater tots baked potatoes um roasted potatoes like like that all turn out really nice they, like if you like toss them in some oil they get really crispy and um but yeah what's the most random thing you put in there uh what is it uh <laughs> Um, what did I put in? Uh, I think I put like tacos, just whole tacos, the whole taco. <laughs> I think I put like a piece of like watermelon in there or something to see what happened. Cause it's like almost entirely water. It just shriveled, turned into nothing, you know, just a husk. Yeah. <laughs> just a, a shadowy husk of its former self. Anyway, have you ever tried to put corn in it, like a cob of corn? 
Uh, we have not done corn, though. It's corn! <laughs> it's got the juice! What? You're the second person I've seen to make that joke, and I have no idea what it is. There's some show, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's called Recess Something, but they like ask little kids questions. And this kid was eating a corn on the cob, and the guy asked him like what he likes about corn, and this kid just went off for like 10 minutes about all the things he loves about corn. <laughs> oh, kids. They're, They're insane. Crazy. Dude, like, no joke. My kid is getting crazier by the day. <laughs> like, the more of a personality he gets, the more insane he is. That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah. Anything else new? Anything exciting in your world? Right, you just you said the only thing exciting is your air fryer. At the moment, yeah. Like going on vacation next month. I, that's fucking needed. Are you? Yeah, we're going to uh, my girlfriend's sister's wedding in New York. Oh, okay. Why did it? For some reason, like in my head, that had already happened. Nope. I guess it was when when Cheese went out for I guess it was the bachelorette party. Yeah. Maybe maybe in my, my head birthday. I was thinking. Right. <laughs> and he says she's like her uh her sister had done something like this before, right? Like on your birthday? Uh it wasn't my birthday, it was something else, but yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Neat. Yeah. You're going to go back to your old stomping grounds? Can you even call them no, stomping we're going, grounds? <laughs> we're, we're going upstate, so we're not really going to the city. Ah. We're going to the Finger Lakes. The Finger Lakes? We'll get lost in the Finger Lakes. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. I guess. Um, She sent me this link, and it was like, Finger Lakes only tiki bar. And I looked at it, and I was like, this is not a tiki bar. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a bunch of old sailors who opened a bar and called it Tiki. <laughs> Just because you put bamboo in your bar doesn't make it a Tiki bar. Yeah. Old white sailors, I should specify. Right. <laughs> um, like, it looks like the bar in Scrubs when they go to the islands for the janitor's wedding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where Kelso ordered all the Bahama Mamas. It looks like that bar. <laughs> Just like an empty like storage room that they made look like a bar. Yeah, with like some like buoys and shit on the wall. Like that's not right. tiki. That's that's nautical. There's a difference. <laughs> I mean one Bahama Mama, easy on the mama. Anyway, um, yeah, so like, like I said, I went to Emerald City Comic Con over the weekend, and that was pretty cool. That event has grown quite a bit since the first time, like you and I went, however many years ago. Seven. Um, is it seven? I have no idea. Or you're just saying seven? <laughs> I'm just saying seven. It might be seven. It like, honestly it, might. <laughs> it might be like like six, seven, maybe even eight years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, like. Well, I was going to say, I think it was only contained to the that main building, but I think they actually did. Cause remember there was some going stuff across, across the street. Right. 
Um, but yeah, that thing has grown a lot. Like the, the entire building is just packed with, with events going on. Um, I mean, you've got one, two, three, at least three floors of just stuff. Um, no, four floors of just stuff in the main building. Uh, then you go across the sky bridge to the other half and that entire building is all stuff going on. Um, then you've got the Sheraton down the street that is all like the celebrity, like, um, like interview panels and stuff like that. And then down eighth, like four blocks down, uh, at the Hyatt, that was where they were doing all the celebrity, um, autographs and stuff. So it's like, it was kind of a pain in the ass because like, so I, I had a, an Encino man VHS and we discussed this on your, your podcast. Um, but I had an Encino man VHS. Up, that yet. <laughs> it's a, it's a trailer of sorts. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but, uh, Brendan Fraser was there. So I wanted to have him sign it. And, um, this is your VHS of monkey bone, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> His finest work. <laughs> Along with my uh, DVD of The Scout. <laughs> and, uh, and your Betamax of Bedazzled. <laughs> Betamax. <laughs> but no, I was so pissed because like I got there. So they do. He had uh, three different time slots where he was doing autographs in between like doing a panel and doing like photo ops and stuff. So I got there a little late in the morning. So I knew I had already missed his first, like his morning sighting. So I walked down to the uh, convention and just kind of meander around there for a while. And like about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes into when he was doing his second signing, I walk back down there again. It's just like four or five blocks. I walk back down there um, and I, I go in and I go through because they have fucking bag checks at like every entrance. So if you leave a building and go into another one, you got to get bag checked again. And something in my bag was going off every fucking time. I don't know what it was. I ended up just taking like everything out of my bag until it stopped going off. <laughs> um so nine times out of ten it's an electric razor but every once in a while it's a dildo <laughs> it's company so policy I, I, never never to assume uh ownership in the case of a dildo it's always a dildo never your dildo <laughs> um Lost my train of thought. Oh, so yeah, I, I go in and I'm going like they've got all the celebrities in like this big giant ballroom. Um, and uh, I go like I see him signing, I just get at the end of the line because that's what you do. And this lady that worked there, she's like, Excuse me, yeah, it's like, Have you checked in? No. So right next to the line, there's this lady sitting at another lady sitting at a desk. She's like, hey, you need to sit, check in with her. 
and then you can stand in the line because I'd already pre-purchased an autograph. So I guess I had to check in to, to register that. So I go over and she's like, hi, you looking for an autograph? I'm like, yep. Well, I got bad news for you. I'm like, ooh, don't start that way. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I don't like that at all. She's like, we are at capacity. And like, this is just less than an hour in to this uh, signing um, slot. Like, we're at capacity right now. Uh, he has another sup. They're, they're always going to be at capacity for us. Oh, you're at capacity? <laughs> He's saying you're we're white trash. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we, so I, uh, or she says, okay, so he's, he's doing his, his next signing at 540 or something. She said, I recommend being here and half an hour to an hour ahead of time. I'm like, God damn. So I had to walk my ass back down to the convention to, to, to you know, kill time. Um, and then eventually, you know, later on the day, I had to walk back down there again to get his autograph. But anyway, it was a fun time. I met up with our friend Bob Foster, uh, who was dressed as Weird Al. I saw um, his photo. It's it's funny. Like a handful of people were like stopping to ask him to take a picture, and um, it was weird because like. I've never really been to a convention with somebody in cosplay. So it's weird to have somebody I'm with being stopped to, you know, ask, you know, to have yeah. to take pictures taken. Um, anyway. There we go. Cool ceiling, bro. You like that? Painted that myself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I got Brendan Fraser's autograph. So, you know, goal achieved. Um, He's a really nice guy. Um, didn't really get to talk to him much, was a, which which was a bummer. But like he he seemed like the type that wanted to sit and like talk to people, um, mm. at least a little bit. But uh, the handlers were like, "Okay, we got a line here. We got to keep things moving," which I get, but still kind of shitty, especially considering yeah. what you fucking pay for autographs nowadays. Um, but no, he, I walked up. He gave me a fist bump. He sang Tears for Fears while he was signing my my movie. And then he th- he thanked me for coming out. Head over heels. Uh everybody wants to rule the world. Ah. Yeah. He, like I don't know if it was his like personal soundtrack that he was playing or what, but somebody had a boombox going on, just playing a bunch of like 80s stuff. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um but anyway. Yeah, cool con. Um, it's 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 a dangerous place when you're like when you like to collect art. Uh, oh, it's, it's a dangerous place to be because um, just you know you you walk ten feet and you're like, ooh, I want to buy that. And like, it wouldn't be so much of a problem if like my office wasn't so small and you know limited wall space. But anyway. So that's that's what's up with me. Yay. Yay. 
Well, anything else before we kind of launch into things? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Well, before we do start with the show proper, do want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. These lovely, lovely folks help uh, finance our silly little show here. Um, we don't have an expensive show, but it does cost money, as most things in life do. And we don't have a lot of money. So when we get other people's money, it, uh, it goes a long way. Did you just delete someone? What? Just oh, it, no? Oh, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> so these wonderful people that I'm speaking so fondly of uh, are Carlos Rodella, Gory B Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, everyone, from the bottoms of our hearts. We love you so hard. Uh, we so horny, right? Hang on, what? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, what was that last thing you said? Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, it, it, I'm so off. I slept so shitty last night, and like I've just been off all fucking day. Taylor, if anybody else wants to join this cool little shindig that we have going on here, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Get perks as little as $1. Uh, normally we do... Fucking perks. Fuck, we, we sell you some fucking perks, kid. Normally we do the show live on Discord, um, but with, with being re- remote for this one, we're not. But normally we do, and you can join us live and uh, interject your dumb little thoughts. Be like, I didn't like that movie. And we'll, be, we'll just look at it and go, oh, nobody cares. <laughs> So you could do all that uh, and other fun little things uh, throughout the year. Sometimes we send out like Christmas cards and stuff to our Patreon patrons. We love our Patreon patrons. So become a Patreon patron. Go to patreon.com slash podcast today. Hey, Taylor, how's that unicorn tattoo coming? It's uh, it's not coming at the moment. Uh-huh. Just, uh, just keeping tabs, keeping you honest. The, the money is in my safe, so it's it's not going anywhere. Oh, you got a safe, Mister Fancy over here. I got a safe. Yeah, it. Well, for all of his mind. jewels and, gonna, and, do, and documents. <laughs> documents. <laughs> if you want to spray your clothes with documents. <laughs> I was going to tell you what my safe looked like, but then I was like, wait, then anyone who listens to the podcast, will they can break in and know where my safe is. Oh, is it one of those ones that looks like a fucking coffee can or something? I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. <laughs> Somebody's going to break in your house and just fuck up all your shit now looking for your goddamn <laughs> safe. I know it's in here somewhere. Every soda can. <laughs> it's got to be in here. <laughs> Oh, neat. All right. Well, let's keep this train rolling. Just spit all my computer. Uh, And let's do some more business. Too much I rebel, they try 
Alright, starting out some real world horror. You know, I think there are just places in the world where you can just rely on certain things. You know, it's like you can rely on people in the South to be racist. You can rely on people in Florida to be stupid and racist, I guess. And you can re- rely on seems like large parts of Mexico to just have really fucking terrifying things going on. <laughs> I mean, am I right? to have to have firmly held beliefs in the supernatural is a big, yeah. a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, big news out of Mexico. <laughs> big news. <laughs> Uh, according to a local media report, uh, there have been f- sightings of a supernatural shapeshifter that has many of the citizens on edge. <laughs> many of many. these citizens. <laughs> they have many teepees. Um, yeah, according to a local media report... The peculiar situation began around two weeks ago when multiple people in the community of Koyokok Kokoyok Kokoyok Coconut Yes, God damn it Kokoyok, I guess. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, heard a series of mysterious sounds. Oh, you know those mysterious sounds. How would you define a mysterious sound? Just like... like... (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hmm, that sounds mysterious. (laughs) Hey, who was that? I don't know. Oh, mysterious. (laughs) Like somebody burps. Now who was that? One me. Ooh, mysterious. <laughs> um mysterious sounds which did not seem to have come for a person nor an animal. You know, that's a bold statement because there are animals out there that like they make noises that I had no idea. Like I just I I I, I didn't learn this recently because I'd heard it before and I was reminded of it recently. But, you know, when you watch a movie and something, you see like a majestic, like bald eagle flying over and hear that. That is a hawk. That's not, that's not a bald eagle. (laughs) A bald eagle sounds terrible. It sounds like a hawk dying. It's a terrible noise. Or like a giraffe dying. (laughs) (laughs) but it's like if i had heard the sound of an eagle without knowing that that was an eagle i would maybe think that was a mysterious noise but i wouldn't jump to conclusions saying that's there's no way that's possibly an animal i've never heard it before so there's no way it could be an animal (laughs) yeah uh let's see uh, Kokoyak is a community where traditional beliefs are still strongly held. So residents have come to suspect that a supernatural being known as a Nag- Nagual 
uh, it's a source of the noises. Just fucking jump into conclusions like that. I don't know how people have how that kind of mindset. How do we know what a Nogwal sounds like? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, it couldn't possibly be, you know, uh, a wolf or a, a goat in heat. <laughs> Must be the Nogwal. Also, the fact that it's a shapeshifter. It's like, oh, remember that noise that we heard? Oh, you mean the Nogwal? Oh, yeah, it turned out it was a fox farting. Well, you know, Nagwals are shapeshifters, <laughs> so it could have been him. It could have been a fox, and then it farted. Or it could be a Nagwal who shifted into a fox and then farted. That's what I'm saying. It could have yes. it could have changed into a fox and then farted. Right. Or or maybe it can just shape shift its asshole and fart like any kind of na- animal. Maybe. That's like greetings from like the a- interior. <laughs> That's like America's Got Talent level fucking skill right there is you can change the shape of your asshole to fart like any animal. Yeah. Ty Mandel would love it. (laughs) The fuck am I talking about? Did you see when Howie Mandel posted photos of a prolapsed anus on his Instagram? Nope. No context. Did you see when Tommy Lee posted his whole hog on his Instagram? Oh, like we haven't seen it. I know. People were so outraged. It's like, come on. You've seen it before. This is nothing new. There's a whole miniseries about it. Like, <laughs> It has the I voice of never... Jason Manzoukas. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that. Uh, let's see. Legend has it that such mischievous entities are able to shapeshift into different animals at night and can cause great misfortune to any humans they encounter. It's like, okay, shapeshifts into an animal. Why couldn't it just be that animal? Yeah. What's the logic here? And like, why would you jump to that conclusion? <laughs> it's like, you have to want it to be that. Yeah, exactly. Um... Uh, let's see. In response to the possible presence of a sinister spirit in the city, several people have painted white crosses on their doors. <laughs> yeah, that's what a supernatural beast is afraid of. Christ. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of paint. Yeah. It's like, oh no, not Jesus. <laughs> My one weakness. <laughs> <laughs> Something that my species predates by thousands of years. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, painted white crosses on their doors as a measure of protection against the entity, and residents are refusing to leave their homes after 10 o'clock at night, lest they cross its path. I mean, it's generally not a good idea to leave your house at after 10 anyway. Unless you're like 20. <laughs> and you're, you're like you're going out for a fucking booty call or something then it's okay but definitely not midnight nothing good happens after midnight I don't know if that's true after 2am I would say wait oh right is is that what it was on, on High Mary Mother it's 2am yeah it's 2am okay as I was saying it it didn't sound right but um, okay. 
Uh, historian Gustavo Garabe uh, stressed that the Kukoyuk uh, is a cultural stronghold where until relatively recently there were still practices of magic and healers. And as such, he called for a greater respect from those who have made a mockery of the odd affair. No. <laughs> I refuse to I respect this. This historian is basically just like, remember, these people believe weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like this historian talks about why it could be in Nagual, but no, he's just like, hey, don't make fun of them. They believe wacky shit. <laughs> but that's who you're supposed to make fun of. I know. P- people with silly beliefs. Right. Mormons believe you get your own planet when you die. Like, come on. I'm not supposed to not make fun of that? <laughs> uh, neat. So, that, yeah. Let's see. Let's see where it is. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Okay, right. Sorry. I, I got. I forgot. The town is... Kokoyok. Well, I mean, if you're worried about Nagual's, then don't go to Kokoyok. Don't go to Kokoyok, because apparently that's where they are. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Life is like a Lasers, aeroplanes, it's a duck blur. Might solve a mystery or rewrite history. What is this? This is my new favorite thing. So, (laughs) there is a new slasher series coming to BBC Three for our friends across the pond in it. Uh, it's a it's London, a isn't com- it? <laughs> you sound like y'all from London. <laughs> it's a horror comedy called Wreck, and it is described as a slasher set aboard a cruise ship, uh, created and written by Ryan J. Brown. I have no idea who that is. Some fucking guy. But it's, it's described Ryan- as a. T- it's what? It was Ryan J. Brown? You, you, you know. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> J is short for J. Yep. Uh, Wreck is being described as a tense thriller mixing comedy with a slice of slasher set aboard the Sacramentum cruise ship. The series follows 20-year-old new recruit Jamie as he infiltrates the 3,000-strong crew in a desperate race to find his missing sister. Uh, She was working aboard the same vessel on a previous tour and vanished mid-charter. Jamie is initiated into cruise life and gets a crash course on the tribes within the staff. The theater kids, the mafias, and the low-paid workers. The mafias? Um, That's a new one. For this overworked and underpaid crew, life below deck can be an odyssey of partying and excess, and they remain oblivious to the bloodthirsty murders taking place on board. Jamie is forced to turn detective and uncover the sinister truth. Sounds tense. Yeah, man. Uh, Chris Bach from Boys from County Hell uh, has directed and executive produced all six episodes, so it's a fairly short series. Uh, the series will most, premiere. Huh? Most I think most British shows are 
relatively short. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the series will premiere at London's Fright Fest on August 26th before launching on BBC three and BBC iPlayer later this autumn, which is fall for you Americans. Uh, the killer in this show, you know, killers, killers got to have an iconic mask, right? Naturally. Jason, Leatherface, Ghostface. Uh, the killer in this one is named Quacky. And he is dressed head to toe in a giant duckling costume. <laughs> Wearing a rain slicker. Uh, I saw other photos where he's not wearing the rain slicker, so I don't think that's part of his total costume. Oh, okay. He just wears it when it rains, I guess. Got it. <laughs> what well, you know, like a duck splashing around in all this wet. <laughs> and we've talked before about how hard it is to be original with slasher movies. And yeah, you got to come up with that iconic look. Well, there you go. Quacky. I love that it's the a first, full body costume. I know. At first glance, I thought it was Howard the Duck. I'm like, why the fuck did you put a picture of Howard the Duck in here? Why wouldn't I put a picture of Howard the Duck? <laughs> Just your daily dose of Howard. <laughs> daily dose of Duck. <laughs> this sounds... Like awesome, yeah. Well, like I mean, it sounds like you know fairly, fairly by the numbers uh, slasher fare. I mean, albeit on a cruise ship, but the real curveball is the killer. <laughs> yeah, just a giant duck. Duck. So yeah, cool. um, well, I don't I don't know when we'll be able to watch this, but I will be doing so. <laughs> I will be watching this. You could take a trip to London, and it. I could. This seems like a long trip just to watch six episodes of a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> just hang out in London. Wait till they all premiere, and then just hang out and watch, like binge all six episodes, and then just come home. <laughs> It seems like a waste. <laughs> I mean, you can see other things if you want, I guess. All right. Let's talk about something else. Mr. Crowley, what went on in your head? All right, so well, it was about five years ago. I think it was five years ago. Okay. Um, Adam Green released what? I th- At least I was under the impression this was going to be the last one. But released Victor Crowley, the fifth installment in the Hatchet series. Fourth? I think so. Are you sure? Pretty fifth sure. Is the fifth. Well, fourth or fifth. Um, it's definitely one of the two. 
Um, and yeah, like I said, I was under the impression that it was going to be the last one. It just, like not necessarily story wise, just it kind of seemed like he was done with it. Um, but uh, looks like there's potential that he could be returning to Huddy Island Swamp and re uh, reviving Victor Crowley once again. Um, apparently, Adam Green already has two more hatchlet, hatchet movies planned out. Uh, he said um, in, what is this, an interview? Yeah. Okay, well, interview somewhere. Um, I think it was bloody disgusting. Okay. Uh, he said, I, th- I think at some point we'll likely do, we'll most likely do another one. It just sort of happens where all of a sudden I can't stop thinking about it. I want to do it. And then the phone calls start getting made and the family assembles and we do it. He explains. Now, if I remember right, Victor Crowley was came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, pretty like, much. Didn't, didn't he film it in secret? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he invited people to, he invited people to something. And this then was it was like, hatchet viewing, surpri- I think. Is that what it was? And then it was like, surprise, it's a screening. Right. Yeah, it was, I think, Alamo Draft House. Was it like a 10th anniversary uh, or something? Maybe something like that, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's see. It would have to be everybody, or it would have to be that everybody's ready to do it. I can tell you there's plenty <laughs> of people that are. I just got a call this morning from a very important person in the series. Probably like Kane Hodder. Probably Kane, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just not ready. This sounds... That sounds like green. Yep. It's like, hey, all the wheels are in motion. Everything's ready to go. But I just, I'm not ready to do it right now. Like, we've discussed before, like... I don't know. I think it's it's a little uncouth to psychoanalyze people, but just listening to the movie crypts over the years, and I, I mean, full disclosure, I haven't listened in several years, um, but when I was listening, man, that guy sounded like he needed some serious counseling. Yeah. But and I, I feel like it affects his career. But yeah, whatever. Um, let's see. Uh, the pandemic. <clears throat> hold on. <clears throat> uh, the pandemic put a halt to his long gestating adaptation of Greg Taylor's Killer Pizza. Oh, okay. I do kind of remember this. That was a long time. Yeah, originally yeah. set up as a feature at MGM in 2011. It was reworked and ready to go as a TV series before the world shut down. Yeah, God, he was, that was like his big thing is killer pizza, killer pizza. Like every episode of the movie crib, he's talking about that. Yeah. It just never happened. Uh, There's a couple things happening now that I'm really excited about uh, that I can't talk about, but hopefully I'll do some, I'll do some of that and then maybe I'll be ready to come back to Hatchet. Uh, he says, I just want to thank the fans, he says with authenticity in his voice. 
uh, it's such an overused thing to say, but it's so different with uh, it's so different with Hatchet because this was completely made by fans. It was never marketed in a real way. It was never on a million screens. It has always been a grassroots thing. To see what's become 17 years later and that there's such a desire for more is mind-blowing. I wish I, I wish this could happen for everybody who ever tries to do this because it means so much more. It means so much more that pe- than people will ever understand. Um, yeah, man, like... I feel like I remember not really liking Victor Crowley all that much. Yeah. I like it like in part three personally, but it seemed like I was in the majority or in the minority with not liking it. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just like, I liked, I mean, the first one is awesome. Um, the second one's really good. Maybe the best one, um, possibly. Um, wait. No, first one's the best one. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, second one's with one of Dan ha- Daniel Harris, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, it's. But the first one has Richard Reilly. <laughs> he made a million dollars. Um, no, I mean, the first two are definitely the tops as far as all series goes. And then in my opinion, I, I feel like they just kind of were on a decline. Um, I think it, it's, it's been a, a while since I've, I've seen Victor Crowley. So I'm kind of going off of what I remember when we reviewed it. And I feel like while I didn't really care for it all that much, it was, I did think it was better than three. That's, that's my thought. I don't remember what you said, but that's that's my thought. Yeah, I've, I feel like I remember thinking that too, but I I think I still didn't really like it all that much. Hmm. But again, it's been a while, so I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and watch it one of these days. They just they got to get um, um, what's his name Perry Perry Yoon. Um, God damn, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. Perry. Yeah, it's Perry something, right? Shen. Oh. Yeah, Perry gotta Shen. get him yeah. back, because he's, he, he's been in every movie despite playing different characters in every one. Yeah. They're all related, but it's, he's all the same guy. <laughs> yeah. See, so it was the second one was a twin brother, the third one was a cousin. And then, like, the th- actually, I guess the fourth one, he was a completely different person, wasn't he? He wasn't related at all. Uh, or was he the same person in four because he wrote the book about surviving? Oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah, that, that was it. Well, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this if you're a, a big fan of the, the Hatchet series, this is some good news for you. Um. I personally, I think kind of take them as they come because again, they've been kind of hit and miss for me, but sure. Yeah. I mean, if it comes out, I'll watch it. Almost definitely. All right. So you look out for that guys. 
So about three years ago, there was a video game that came out uh, when, you know, zombie video games were really hot. This one was called Days Gone. And it was conceived as, quote, the Walking Dead meets Son of Anar- Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Thunder. <laughs> uh, which that concept alone makes it just ripe for a either small or big screen adaptation. And it looks like the big screen adaptation is on the way. According to Deadline, Sam Hugan? Higgin? Hadouken. Sam Hadouken from Outlander <laughs> uh, is currently circling the movie adaptation. I I always love that term because I just picture someone just like literally like a vulture. <laughs> circling around. Hey, uh, how's that? How's that? I'll teach you kind. You guys <laughs> you just making that yet? Or? No? Okay. I'll, it's fine. No, it's cool. I'll come back. I'll hang out. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, Sony PlayStation Productions is behind the Days Gone movie, which why not just Sony Pictures? I don't know, understand why there has to be a separate studio, but I don't know. But Oscar-nominated scribe Sheldon Turner, who wrote The Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Beginning, which was not what he was nominated for, <laughs> uh, as well as Up in the Air, is, is writing the script for this. Uh, Days Gone is set in the Pacific Northwest after a devastating global pandemic. I don't like this. Uh, that hits pretty close to home. Uh, and this was pre-pandemic even, too. <laughs> uh, the game chronicles... Was, uh, I just, uh, like... Especially with, with the popularity of zombie movies over the last, what, 20 years? Um like that whole thing has become very much more real in the last three years. Yeah. Uh, the game chronicles former vice, former motorcycle club member Deacon St. John, as he fights to survive against the forces of despair and mutated predatory humans in his quest to find the long lost presumed dead love of his life. Yeah. She dead, bro. Likely. Uh, if he lands the role, Sam Hadouken will play Deacon St. John. <laughs> Deadline also reports, uh, I hear Turner's script will be a love ballad to motorcycle movies, the bike being Deacon's sole form of transportation, his horse in this would-be modern-day Western. Did you ever play this? Uh, no, I did not. I thought it looked cool. I think I'd have to refresh my memory because like you're saying, like so many zombie movies or so many, so many zombie games come out in the last, you know, handful of years. They all just kind of run together. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this one stuck out to me because it was set in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, Let me pull up a picture of the cover. Maybe it'll ring a bell. I've not played it though. I know that much. Also, I swear I like remembered like hearing about it and hearing it was in development. And then it was like all of a sudden it had been out for six months. <laughs> there was no like hullabaloo when it was released. Hullabaloo. The Ricketer Rackata. <clears throat> yeah, no, this doesn't this doesn't even look familiar. 
Yeah, I don't know how that slipped by me, but. I don't know what to tell you, man. Anywho. Anywho, you going to watch the movie, though? I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Fuck it. I don't know, like. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I. There was a time when, like, when. When something zombie related would come out, I would just like just run a train on it. Nom, 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 nom. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, but now it's just like I- I'm kind of selective about it. Not necessarily choosy. It's just like, uh, you know, maybe I'll make time for that. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Because, like, I think I and I think you and a lot of the world is just so fucking burned out on zombies. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, when they were small scale stuff, you know, like independent movies or, you know, small studio movies, that was one thing. But then once the bigger studios started getting a hold of them and, you know, with Walking Dead and everything, that's just like studios, you know, Hollywood as it is, uh, just started, you know, pressing that button over and over. And now the button done broke. Yeah, and it's like all the independent ones mostly are like, now it's in a truck station. It's like, it's the same movie. Yeah. (laughs) This is just Night of the Living Dead. Just because you're in a different location doesn't make it a different movie. Yeah. But, I mean... I don't know what a truck station is, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, and when when you really break it down... Most zombies movies are like the same thing. Yeah. It's a bunch of survivors trying to survive. You know, a lot of other monster movies can have basically a, a, a centralized threat, but, you know, have a different premise, you know, different cast of characters, you know, it's like, like vampire movies. You know, sometimes it could be like, you know, Dracula, and it could be like Van Helsing and, you know, Jonathan Harker and all that that whole thing. Sometimes it can be something like Lost Boys, where it's, you know, vampires and just kids that don't really know what they're doing. Or sometimes it could be like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where it's, you know, an actual vampire slayer and that kind of thing. So it can, that can change dynamic, even though it's all vampire movies. Zombie movies, they're always the same. The only thing that changes is the setting. More or less, yeah. But, <clears throat> but anyway, um, you haven't played the game, I take it. No. Yeah. Well, maybe if I can find it cheap at like GameStop or something, I'll pick it up. Now that it's yep, been out for yep. a couple years. You probably buy it like on a PlayStation store. Yeah, they'll probably charge me like 40 bucks. <laughs> I just saw, I got an email, or no, it wasn't an email. It was a news article I was reading. Um, apparently, Sony is being sued in the UK um, because being the only distributor of PlayStation games, like digital PlayStation games, they're in like this perfect op- you know, perfect setting to where they can overcharge games this is like this class action lawsuit against them and i i mean like 
I think there's already been a settlement or I don't know, maybe there's a projected settlement or something, but it'd be nice to see them do something like that here in the U S because I am sure that they're overcharging here too. Yeah. And I, I feel like that would go for like Xbox and any other one too. Yeah. I mean like the whole premise of it being like, you know, them, them being the only, retailer of digital PlayStation games. Like who else would sell them? Amazon. I mean, let's, let's, let's look. Yeah, Amazon or like Steam or something. Yeah. Um, but I mean Steam is mostly like or I think all PC computer games. Yeah. Oh. PC games, yeah. yeah. Alright. Anyway. Well, if you are still into zombie movies then fucking look out. Yeah. <laughs> Zombies. There's a little place where the sun sleeps late and pulls himself a shot of tequila. It's a little place called Pleasure Island. That's where I'd like to feel ya. It's easy to find just beyond the last week. All right, so Gamescom, which is uh, a big gaming event where all of the the um, well, not all of them, but a lot of game developers will start unveiling their you know, their upcoming rosters for the the coming year. Um, I think it's it's going on right now, right? I think it was last weekend. Was it last weekend? I think so. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, at Gamescom, um, it was announced that Dead Island 2 is coming in the near future. Fucking finally. Uh, no shit. Um, looks like the release date is February 3rd, 2023. So here, just in the next um, six months. Day before the Great Plot Film Fest. Ooh. Buy your tickets now. No, not buy no. your tickets. So, <laughs> submit your phones now. now. <laughs> um, this is rich. Like when that when the first game came out, like like fifteen years ago, something like that. Yeah, several months after the events on the Benoit. <laughs> um, who do the United who States do, military? What's that? Remember that song? Who do you voodoo, bitch? All right. <laughs> 2011. Okay, so 11 years ago. Um, let's see. Several months after the events on the Benoit, uh, the United States military has put the Golden State under full quarantine. Wait. California? California. Is this not related to... Is what I'm reading not related to the first game? I think isn't Benoit the island? That's that's the dead island, right? Oh, on Benoit. Okay, okay, I see. Okay, sorry. All right. Several months after the events on Benoit, um, for some reason I was seeing on the Benoit like it was a ship or something. No. Um, <laughs> wrong. Idiot. Several months after the events on the Benoit. <laughs> nope. God damn it. No, the goddamn. 
On Benoy, the United States military has put the Golden State under full quarantine. Now a restricted zone, California has become a bloody paradise for those who refuse to leave their homes and an action-packed playground for renegades who seek adventure, glory, and a fresh start. Combining the classic Dead Island elements of immersive close combat and role-playing, Dead Island 2 features crazy, never-before-seen handcrafted weapons and over-the-top characters in taking players from the iconic Golden Gate to the celebrated beachfront boardwalk of Southern California's Venice Beach. That's a long trip. Yeah, Benoit is like about eight hours. Australia. Well, I, I think maybe it's just like saying that like it's become a global thing now. Uh, I guess so. Because that was the outbreak. But now, apparently several months later, uh, several months later, I mean, what was it? Uh, like, like 140 months later. <laughs> um, let's see. Dead Island 2 will be available on both last-gen and current-gen Xbox and PlayStation consoles, as well as PC. As in the first game, which came out over a decade ago, players will be crafting weapons to fight back with the seemingly never-ending hordes plaguing the West Coast. Now, I remember Dead Island was supposed to come out, or Dead Island 2 was supposed to come out years ago, and oh, then yeah. what the developer went tits up, right? I so believe so. Um, and then I think only a few years ago, some new developer bought the rights and, you know, basically, I don't even know if they took the old game that was, that had been developed and ran with it or if they started from scratch, but I know. I feel like they probably did because I remember there was like a teaser thing with a guy roller skating on the boardwalk. He was like rollerblading down Venice. he He was jogging, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's yogging with a soft J. Um, yeah, I remember because he... I can't remember if he had gotten bit or if he'd already been bitten or if he gets bitten in the course of the, the, the teaser. Um, but I remember as he's running, he's... Like, there's a bunch of shit going on behind him and he's slowly turning into a zombie. Hmm. As he's running, I, I remember that. But anyway, so again, um, zombies. Yeah, zombies. Uh, you know, it's, it's depending on your your burnout of zombies. You know, maybe this will be something you're interested in. It is coming out fairly soon, so keep an eye out, guys. One more video game story. One more video game story. Fuck it. The uh, the asymmetrical multiplayer horror games have been the big rave lately since Friday the 13th and now Evil Dead, of course. Uh, and the new one. Uh, what's it? Um... Dead by Daylight. Uh, Dead by Daylight. Thank you. 
The new one that I think I we all saw this coming, right? Killer Clowns totally. from Outer Space, the game. <laughs> Killer Clowns in the last five years-ish has just gotten like this new breath of life. I don't know exactly where it came from, but it's been... Yeah, they're having a bit of a resurgence. Yeah, it's been really popular lately. They put like a little, like a short film together or something for Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, oh, the game... Didn't they do... I think that was a maze last year, the year before. Oh, I was going to say when we went, but maybe not. Was there one when we went? I don't remember going on it if we did. Maybe it was one of the ones the line was too long. We only did did like a couple mazes because the lines were fucking insane. Yeah, we did all the generic mazes. Right. Uh, This is from TerraVision Games and Good Shepherd Entertainment, obviously based on the iconic 80s film. In the battle between killer clowns and citizens of Crescent Cove, Team up and use your wits to harvest humans or save them from the alien invasion. You can play as the killer clowns as you cooperate in a team of three players, utilizing their outlandish abilities and weapons as you hunt humans, or you can fight back as a team of seven human citizens of Crescent Cove. Pick your class, explore the city for valuable loot and weapons, avoid getting captured by clowns, and try to survive. You can choose from five classes of killer clowns and humans, each with their own class and abilities that you unlock by leveling up. Humans share a pool of multiple respawns per match, so communication to beat back the clowns is key. According to the developers upon release... What? To beat off the clowns? Beat them off? Yep, yep, yep. According to the developers upon release, you'll be playing on a map pulled straight from the 1988 film. They also state that they have big plans for future seasons that will keep you updating your strategies while playing. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the game, will arrive for PC via Steam, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4... Xbox Series and Xbox One sometime in 2023. Cool. I'm curious that, like, they said that they've got big plans for future seasons, but, you know, we got something like Friday the 13th or even Evil Dead, where you've got several movies to pull from. Killer Clans was one movie, so it's like, you're going to have to start making shit up. Exactly. Yeah. It's like Friday the 13th. I, I can't speak for um, Evil Dead because I haven't played it yet, but I know Friday the 13th, they had multiple maps that were all locations from the individual movies. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, you have the potential to do that here too, but again, there's only one movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got like the city, and you've got this the ship, and I feel like that's really kind of it as far as locations. Basically, yeah. I mean, you can kind of condense it and like think like individual buildings and stuff, like 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 the police station and stuff like that. But that's just gonna get old real fast. Yeah. Anyway, they have plans though, so they must know what they're doing. Big plans. Big plans. Uh, yeah, it also says five classes of killer clowns. Weren't there only three clowns? I don't recall. Hmm. Yeah, because it says mm. you can cooperate in a team of three. I'm just thinking of the Funko Pops, and I think there's only three Funko Pops. <laughs> I can't remember their names. It's like 
tiny and slick and juicy. <laughs> so juicy, dude. <laughs> Neat. Well, that's horror business, right. guys. We made it Yay. to the middle of the show. Um, boo. boo. <laughs> Is that a boo? We're halfway done, or boo? We're only halfway done. <laughs> yes, I just wanted to do a boo yay. <laughs> All right, guys. Next up, we're gonna do some film reviews. All right, guys, so we have uh, two movies that are uh, brand new, and they have nothing to do with each other. So there you go. I feel like I, I almost feel like a, like a obligation to preface that because we've been doing so many theme episodes the last year or so. Yeah, I mean, we usually try to make them fit unless they're just both new movies. But yeah, I've, I'm like racking my brain trying to come up with some tiny thread but I've, I have nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these are very, two very, very different movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, both streaming exclusives. One Shutter exclusive and the other is a Netflix exclusive. Um, yeah, so it's a, a Glorious and Day Shift. Uh, which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Uh, I want to talk about the one about a glory hole that w- wants pictures of Spider-Man. Hi, it's Brenda. I'll call you back. Hey, Brenda. It's Wes calling you again. I just needed to hear your voice. I love you very much. Some things may seem broken. Usually just means you stop trying. Everything all right over there, my friend? I'm not much of a bathroom talker. You're not in the least bit curious as to what I have to say. I'm just not into conversations with random dudes hiding out in bathroom stalls. No one is coming to help you, friend. Anybody! So you're a guy living in a rest stop bathroom in a stall that's glory hole adjacent. I am he. I am that god. The universe has a favor to ask. You need to satisfy my physical form. There's only one part of you that can do that. I'm not doing it. I don't care how many people are saved. Total annihilation of all life in the universe. Your feelings tear you up inside, pure and raw. That's what I need from you. What did you do, Wes? I wish I'd driven the extra 40 miles to the next rest stop. That wouldn't have helped. 
Why? Is there a troll living in that one? So I want—I just want your uh, your best guess right off the bat. How many times do you estimate that we will say Zagario? <laughs> Not uh, counting that one. Seven? Seven times. All right. Everyone counting at home, follow along. All right. So this is uh yeah, this is the movie Glorious. It stars Ryan Quantin, uh, who played I don't remember his character's name, but he was on True Blood. Um and he is this guy who has seemingly just uh lost his wife we don't know how we don't know if they split up we don't know what exactly happened but he is now living out of his car and he is on the road we don't know where he's going but he stops at this rest stop and uh there's this haggard looking woman hanging out in front of it and she's just like you know if you're gonna live in your car you should probably clean it out get rid of all that stuff in the back seat and I would have been like, hey, if you're going to mind your business, then you should mind your fucking business. <laughs> I thought she was going to be like the old Ralph, but she kind of wasn't. The Harbinger? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but she sees, like, she looks over at this plant and she sees, like, the spoogum hanging off it. And <laughs> she's, I don't remember what she says, but she says something like, you know, it, it's time or I, something, something along those lines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so whatever's going to happen, she's she's part of it or she knows about it. So she's she's kind of a harbinger, but not not in the like, don't go in there. You're doomed kind of kind of way. She's just one of those harbingers that's just like creepy, but you don't really know why. Yeah. And I like I mean, I guess this is kind of a a non-spoiler spoiler, but I thought she would have come back around at the end. Yeah, she leaves. You you never see her again. You would have thought, but. What do we know? Nothing. We're just guys. We're just two dudes hanging out. But so uh, she leaves and Ryan Quantin, who it was. What's his name in the movie? Wes. Wes. Yeah. Wes is just kind of like hanging out outside this piss stop. And he's like, you know, making calls to his wife and every time that goes to voicemail and he's just, you know, was it his wife? I mean, it's not super, it's not of super importance, but yeah, I guess they never really specify. I, I, my impression was that they were just dating. Um, like I said, it's not important one way or the other. I just wasn't really sure. That's a good point. Yeah. I guess they never really do specify. I just, I mean, to me, it, it, it smacked of wife, but um, yeah, I guess since they never really specified, I, I know I didn't bother to look for a ring or anything. So, yeah, but yeah, he's, he's calling her and, you know, just leaving voicemails. Like I tell him he's actually leaving voicemails or he's doing that thing where you like start to talk. And then, you know, if you'd like to delete press seven, you're like, no, don't actually leave it. <laughs> Done that but, plenty of times. <laughs> Haven't we actually all? mostly tech? It was mostly text, though, not uh, not voicemails. Where you're like, show me your boobs. No, don't send that. 
you just met this girl. Don't ask for boobs yet. <laughs> um, but so he looks into his back seat and he sees, you know, there's a, like a blanket and pillow and stuff back there. So I guess that's how she assumed that he was sleeping in it. But if he's going to be sleeping in it, I feel like a pillow and a blanket is a good thing to have. But yeah. he also has a good old bottle of whiskey. Big old fuck off bottle of whiskey. <laughs> which he decides to just chug, which just made me feel like vomiting. It's uh, not a good idea. Like, you never want to do that. <laughs> it's not a chugging liquor. No. I mean, one could argue that no liquor is a chugging liquor. But I, whiskey... I, what I would argue... <laughs> Yeah, whiskey especially, I feel. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah, this is, it's, it's not Jack Daniels. I don't, there was some, <laughs> there, there was a name on the label and I don't remember what it was, but it was just like, it was like Ian Malcolm or something. Not Ian Malcolm, uh-huh. that's Jeff Goldblum's character in Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was Jeff Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was just some like generic man's name but the label is like black and white and the bottle is you know like squared off like it's clearly a jack daniels bottle yeah and he drinks like half of it at once um which is not a good thing to do it's very ill-advised having done and- that before it's it's not a good idea (laughs) um yeah (laughs) is this whiskey or perfume (laughs) (laughs) but so he like all of a sudden the soundtrack turns into like this death metal song and he starts going crazy and he like grabs this red box that he had on his passenger seat and he starts taking photos out of it out not photos of the box that doesn't make any sense idiot photos he has photos of the box in the box it's very meta Um, (laughs) it's a box within a box (laughs) and inside that box are photos of the box (laughs) He takes the red box out of the passenger seat and he takes photos out of it and starts throwing them into the, there's a burn pit at this rest stop, which I don't know that I've ever seen a, a burn pit at a rest stop before. Um, I mean, I've seen like, like barbecues, like you'd find it like a park. Sure. Yeah. As far as like a, yeah, like a, like a bonfire camp, campfire pit thing. It was like a, like an iron thing. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it didn't look like out of place, but just I, I don't recall ever seeing one. Of course, I spend as little time as possible at rest stops. Well, that's true. It just feels like you're welcoming riffraff. Yeah. I mean. Well, no, I was going to say, I think rest stops close after dusk, but that's not true because I've been at one in like two in the morning, so. Yeah, I mean the ones that like, you know, have little coffee stands and stuff. Those close at a certain time, but the right. bathroom itself stays open twenty four seven. 
But so he throws these photos and some other stuff, throws his blanket and his pillow in here and starts this huge ass bonfire, just still pounding the bottle of whiskey. Like I said, his death metal music is just raging. <laughs> and doing man he, stuff. Yeah. Just partying <laughs> by himself. And the next day he wakes up face down in the dirt. As one does. Hung over his shit, obviously. Man, I, f- I felt. Felt his hangover. <laughs> I mean, like, he wasn't like. I don't know. He wasn't selling it that hard, I guess. But just like. I don't know. The th- something about the way he was acting and carrying himself. I'm like, man, I've been there. <laughs> I mean, me, when I get that hungover, I don't move but yeah that 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 was one thing that stood out to me it's like he's moving a little too fast yeah because he he, like he has to puke and so he like gets up and he runs to the bathroom and i'm like no i'm puking right here yeah (laughs) the key the key to uh nursing a hangover is stillness yeah (laughs) it's sleep (laughs) that's what it is yeah Nope, I'm just going to go back to sleep for 12 more hours. <laughs> God, I'm just I'm so glad I don't drink that much anymore. No shit. Like, I just I can, uh, if even I get like the smallest hangover anymore, I just can't hang. Yeah, same here. Um yeah, like I said, he gets up and he like rushes to the bathroom to puke, realizing that at some point in the night he threw his pants in the fire. <laughs> Fuck my pants. <laughs> These are a symbol of oppression. <laughs> I mean, I guess we should, we should be lucky he didn't burn the rest of his clothes. Yeah. But so he goes into the bathroom and he just starts launching his guts into the toilet. And all of a sudden he hears this voice that's like, I need pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> It's, of course, J. Jonah Jameson. And he, uh, Wes, you know, the guy says, you know, are, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I will be. Like, Is that the last of it? And he goes, yeah, I think so. And he, like, looks over and he sees this big elaborate painting. And it's, like, the body of a woman, but with three tits, like, from Total Recall. But with eyes yep. for nipples on each one. But then the head is like big worm-like creatures. And each one of them has an eye at the end. And then right in the middle is the glory hole. <laughs> Ting. <laughs> the glory hole. Ting. <laughs> That's my little counter going off. But... um yeah, this person on the other side of the glory of Ziglario <laughs> is like starts, you know, kind of hitting up this conversation, and uh, he's he starts saying stuff about how like he like really needs to talk to Wes, and it's very important. So please come back in the stall. And Wes is just like, yeah, this is you know not really my scene you know i don't really make a habit of 
making friends in public restrooms. And it would, he says in a in a stall that's glory hall adjacent. <laughs> but um, he tries to leave and he realizes he can't like the door is locked. And so this voice on the other side of the glory. <laughs> Uh, tells him that he is a god. Because Ray, oh, yeah. gods hang out in rest stop bathrooms all the time, with stalls oh, yeah. with <laughs> And Ray, if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Right. That age old lesson. <laughs> That's right. I learned two things from Ghostbusters: that, and don't cross the streams. Right. <laughs> but this god his name is um uh god of Nautilua. <laughs> <laughs> he he tells Wes the only way that he can say his name is to stick out his tongue and pinch it with two fingers and say got another one and so it's a god of Nathawa, which apparently is is from lovecraft did you know that I did not. Yeah, but like I mean, out. yeah. This whole movie, I was thinking, I was like, this is all very Lovecraftian, right? And then I like read a review of it, and uh, they were talking about how God of is actually from Lovecraft and is the son of Cthulhu. Uh, so every time he's talking about his father, he's talking about Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Although the creature they show does not look anything like Cthulhu. No. It looks like uh, the Mind Flayer. I mean, yeah. And like, there's a scene where uh, Gatanathawa is basically explaining his origin. And uh, through through moving pictures on the side of the stall. That was cool. I like that. That was good. Yeah. Um, And... uh, yeah, the, the imagery of his father was basically just this big red blob with tentacles. It's a, it's a brownish area with points. <laughs> but yeah, he basically tells Wes that uh, his dad, who we now know is Cthulhu, like they, don't, they don't ever say that in the movie, but right. he says that uh, his dad had these children and one of the children, like, cut him and that's what created the universe essentially including all life and but Cthulhu hated humans specifically and wanted to just wipe him out but the kids talked him out of it and said you know we'll stop making life currently as long as you let the life that's already there live jokes on him because we learned to fuck and make babies <laughs> <laughs> we but spread so, our seed all over this bitch all over faces and boobs uh, you know when he was telling the story um of his uh origin and like how his, his his father his father's story i thought that he was talking about uh cronus from yeah. Greek mythology, 
but I, like I had to refresh my memory on the, on the story of Cronus um, and it didn't quite match up, but yeah, I thought it was just kind of a, uh, like a mashup of just like Greek mythology and then just like Christianity and, uh, and just a little sci-fi thrown in. Yeah. Which I guess is kind of what <laughs> Lovecraft is. Yeah, kind of. But uh, got an author or or got as he starts to be called. West starts giving it. He gives him the nickname. <laughs> but he says that you know his father created a creature that could wipe out all life on Earth, just in case he ever changed his mind and and needed it. And got is that creature. And this is the big oh shit moment. Yeah, but it's funny because like try and dance around this as much as possible the way he initially says it is that he could just like like thanos you know snap a finger and all of life is is over but it's kind of the way he implied it yeah yeah but he he kills somebody at one point and it's very hands-on right (laughs) so it's like if that's what he does to kill people i think like I think the military could probably take him down before he gets the job done. <laughs> well, but, he says like, like what he says, or, you know, Wes is like, so you're, you know, he says, well, so you're saying you're a God. He's like, well, demigod would be more, or he said, he said, I guess you might call me a demigod. Titan would be more accurate. Yeah. And when he but said again, Titan, that's what made me think. Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. But again, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Sure. (laughs) But he says that he needs Wes's help. Uh, He says that Wes has been brought there as part of his fate and that Wes uh, is the only person that can stop this, that God's father is coming and uh, God is turning into his corporeal form and he needs Wes's help to become ethereal again so that his father can't find him and make him wipe out all life on earth. Right. And uh, it, it's great because Wes thinks that the only way that he can do this is via Zeglorio. <laughs> Yeah, like God just keeps ambiguously telling him, like, I need you. You know, I need, I need, uh, I think he needs to say, like, I need a, a piece of you or, or something along those lines. And he's like, after, you know, almost the entire movie's worth of d- deliberation, he finally says, okay, <laughs> and sticks his dick in the, in the guy, huh? <laughs> like, and I love that. Too, God has like a little worm thing that comes out of the glory hole oh, the glory hole. <laughs> you know a little thing a little thing uh, um like, so he sticks his dick in expecting some you know event and there's just silence and god's like what is that <laughs> <laughs> that was probably my favorite part <laughs> Yeah, and it, I, I think he says, like, what the hell is that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, do you really think your human penis would be the answer to saving the world? <laughs> um, yeah, like he he can't get out, and apparently, like no one can get in at first because the guy puts up a, a like a force field. But then somebody does get right. in, which he does talk about, like his powers getting weaker as his father get, get, gets closer or something. But uh, and then there's like this big twist ending it was kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah, I would like. I mean, if, I guess if you thought hard enough about it, you might see it coming, but kind of caught me by surprise. Yeah, but it's not like. It's kind of one of those endings that's like they don't really ever I mean as as far as I could tell they don't ever really kind of lead you to think this yeah and so it's kind of out of left field but it's not like so out of left field that it's like a it's like a saw six or something where you're just like who mm-hmm. the fuck cares like what does that have to do with anything <laughs> it was it was Jeffrey the pizza guy from earlier <laughs> Uh, I did see some people like debating whether or not any of this actually happened. Like it was all in his head. Yeah. But I didn't really like, I mean, I guess that's possible, but nothing in the movie led me to think that. I mean, yeah, I guess if you want to just kind of freely say, oh, well, you know, the 90% of this movie didn't actually happen. It was just all in his head. And if that's the kind of, if that's the world you want to live in, then, (laughs) you know, there's nothing saying you can't, I guess. And I'm sure, you know, the director and the writer are probably not going to say anything. They'll probably just leave it open to interpretation. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Because that's what those artistic types tend to do. Um, But, no, I mean, like, by the end of the movie, I was not really in any mind frame was thinking that, like, this is all his imagination, you know, some fever dream or, you know, drunken stupor or anything like that. Right. Like, the only justification I saw was that uh, at the end, Gary's car was gone. But I, like, rewound it. And watched the end again, and I was like, "They don't show the parking lot." So how could you know Gary's car was gone? Oh wait! Oh, so this was an argument that you saw? Yeah. Oh. Huh. I I, I wonder where. I wonder where people are getting that if they can't actually see anything. I don't know. People who haven't seen it are like, "Who the fuck's Gary?" <laughs> Gary, have to go watch it. <laughs> Gary is a guy in the movie. Spoilers, goddamn. <laughs> or maybe he isn't in the movie. Who knows? <laughs> maybe Gary is the name of the actor. Surprise, Gary Sinise is in this. <laughs> Gary Sinise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could have said another Gary, but he's uh, in trouble with the law right now, so. Oh. <laughs> Come um, on, Busey. Don't go from funny crazy to gross crazy. I mean, 
You know, he, he's a Trump supporter, so, you know, he, he kind of had it in him somewhere. Oh, I didn't realize that. You didn't know that? No. Oh, well, now you do. <laughs> I, I think Gary Sinise might be, too. Really? Like, he's he's very pro-troops. Mm. Which usually leans red, more so. But yeah. I don't know for sure. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, that specific thing, it's hard to tell because... There are so many people that, yeah, they support the military, but they're in no way. Um, well, I mean, it's 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 so hard to tell the difference anymore, but there yeah. is still somewhat of a difference between a conservative and a Trump supporter. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, I mean, there are still conservatives out there who, yeah, you know, the whole thing, you know, to a, you know, support our troops, blue lives matter type thing that don't really subscribe to the whole MAGAverse. Yeah. And I, mean, anyway. I love the, I love the troops because without the troops, I would be the troops and I would be terrible troops. Right. <laughs> We're too old to be troops anymore, though, so we, we dodged that bullet. You mean I have to carry this gun and run away screaming? <laughs> uh, I saw something. Enjoyed... Oh, oh, go ahead. Never mind. Go ahead. We're getting to two in the woods. I was, yeah, I was just going to get back on track. That's all. all right. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this movie. Yeah, yeah. I have n- no real complaints about it. I mean, it's it's a uh, kind of a slow burn, but. I kind of had that impression going into it. I like literally the only thing I heard about it was that it was a talking glory hole with the voice of JK Simmons. And so I was expecting like an actual talking. I was expecting like an actual talking glory hole, not someone talking (laughs) through a glory hole. (laughs) And I didn't know where that was going to go. So, right. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like the whole time I was, I was watching this, I was like, I wonder if this is a Lovecraft story or if it's just inspired by it, because this definitely feels very Lovecraftian. Even like the colors and stuff were very, you know, reminiscent of like the color out of space or uh, any of those other Nick Cage movies. <laughs> yeah, that, those uh, neon, you know, pinks and purples and stuff. Right. Become kind of synonymous with this type of film. Uh, having you know with Lovecraftian undertones, right? But no, I mean it was for all intents and purposes a one man show, which is always risky. Yeah, um, but I felt like Quentin, as far as being you know ninety nine percent the only person on screen, I think he carried it pretty well. Yeah, there's like legitimate or um, legitimately funny parts, and then also like obviously you know very tense and uh, upsetting parts. Yeah, and I and I thought yeah I thought he pulled it all off very well. There's like a very dramatic. It's weird to call it a monologue when he's is basically the only person in the movie, but I mean I guess he does have conversation most of the time, but he does this like very dramatic monologue about his childhood that I thought he pulled right. off very well. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all, all in all, a pretty, pretty solid little flick. Yeah. Um, and you know, J. Jonah Jameson always, always wants those pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> Just in case there's like that one person out there who doesn't get the joke. Taylor's talking about J.K. Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> the only person to be in all the Spider-Man multiverses. Right. I mean. What, You're not going to do at better. End, what's that? If they wanted to recast J. Jonah Jameson, they're not going to do better. No. They're, like there, there is no. When they ca- when when Sam Raimi cast him in, in the, the three movies. Like he was like taking the character off the page and putting it in into a film. Yeah. It was like perfect. And so there, there's no competing with that. It is funny how in this movie, like he never really gets that J Jonah Jameson voice. Like his voice is very soft. It's very low. He never really, even like when he gets angry or something, it's, it's very short and it's, but it's still kind of that low tone. It's just mm-hmm. louder. Yeah, yeah. It's more akin to like, well, I mean, pretty much any other movie he's ever been in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he just never got that like, you have to listen to me, right? But no, I I enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, like I said, it's it's funny, but it's also tense and creepy and and fucking weird to be sure. It is fucking weird. Some gore too. Some fairly decent gore. It's fucking in weird, Derry. <laughs> what do you think of the gore? Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, it, there wasn't a lot of it, but the stuff that was yeah. there was was pretty solid. Um, yeah. Some some monster effects that were, you know, all in all, fairly simple, but they looked good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you you do briefly see Gat's physical form, and it's it's wild, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and and I mean, this is on Shutter, so it, you know we've blown Shutter as many times as we possibly could. Via Did you guys know that? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know that you can watch hundreds? of horror films along with Joe Bob Briggs for just $7 a month. Taylor, did you know that? Use code plot for jack shit. (laughs) For absolutely no discount whatsoever. (laughs) Shutter.com. Use use our special URL, shutter.com slash grave plot podcast for a special 404 Page announcement. (laughs) (laughs) Or graveplotpodcast.com slash (laughs) do it now. (laughs) People are like, where the hell do I sign up for Shutter? (laughs) All I see is their page for their shitty podcast. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna give this an eight. Uh, yeah, I think I agree. Eight is a good number for this. 
because it looks like two little glory holes. <laughs> or if you turn it over, two boobies. <laughs> you know, Tony, I like your take on boobies. I like boobies. I like boobies. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, to move things along, uh, the other film we've got is, like I said, an, uh, a Netflix film starring Jamie Foxx. It is called Day Shift. It's going to be a hot one in Los Angeles. So what's on the agenda today? My eyes are closed. Like every day. What are you doing in my room? Hunting vampires. Is a business. Cut next and cash your checks. Well, things have changed since you got your ass kicked out the union. If I don't come up with 10K, my wife and my daughter are gonna move the floor. Hi, Dad. You're late again. And the union is the only place that could give me that kind of money. Your record is chock full of incidents. But he's a new man. One last chance. This is your final warning. Get crazy. Oh, no. Vampires just tried to kill me. Now I just pissed my favorite fucking Hey, hey, hey everybody pisses themselves the first time. Really? Yeah. Did yeah. you? No, I no, no, I didn't, but, but listen, you did. You know what I see when I see a van? Big old dollar sign. Hey, hey, don't you puke in here. I swallowed it. Locked and loaded. Vampires. They're the most. And all they are is murdering. Does not eclipse, new moon, breaking dawn point one. It ain't like that, all right? Why do you know the names to all the specific Twilight films? What? And what's your gripe with Breaking Dawn Part 2? It's the exciting conclusion of the whole Twilight saga. Welcome to the day shift, motherfucker. <laughs> Works every time. Murder was the case that they gave me. All right, so day shift. Like I said, starring Jamie Foxx, that fucking trash panda Dave Franco. <laughs> God, I forgot about that. You forgot about that? That's one of the funniest things we've ever done. <laughs> Let me look at your garbage. <laughs> Get out of here, Dave Franco. Ha! Ha! I can't even remember how we got on that.
Um, anyway, so Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, uh, Megan Good, and Snoop Dogg. D O double G. So much trouble in the S F V. San Fernando Valley. That's that's the one. Yeah, that's where this takes. It's yeah. Uh, this takes place in San Fernando Valley. It seems like it kind of just takes goes all over the valley. I mean, like Reseda, um, uh, others. I mean, like inside of his truck said San Fernando, so I mean, I imagine that's where he actually lived. Um, but yeah, just all over the valley. I mean, like I couldn't pinpoint specific places, but. There's like the different looks. Like I think they may have even even gone to like Beverly Hills, possibly, which is just like on the very edge of um, San Fernando Valley. Um. But yeah. Anyway, so uh, we're introduced to um, what's his face, Bud? Was this? Yeah, yes. Bud. His name was Bud Jablonski. Bud Jabroni. <laughs> which is not the name I'd expect for a black man. I, I kept expecting that to be a pseudonym. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> because Jablonski is Polish. It's a Polish name. So I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I guess there could be black Polish people out there, but anyway, uh, he by he he lives uh, with the assumed profession of a pool cleaner, but secretly he is part of this union, this large international union of vampire hunters. Now. This union that he's part of is very well organized. Like it's it's it looks like probably any any kind of labor union as far as you know when you actually see the like the union uh, headquarters. I guess I'm just wondering who finances all the shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Because their their payment, the way they get paid is to bring in fangs like they kill a vampire they pull the fangs out and they bring them in and exchange them for cash and i just don't understand how how that works like who is who who is funding this project where they exchange cash for fangs i mean is there some kind of market for fangs some kind of dentophile yeah but anyway, um, Bud like is a rich guy that's just into teeth, <laughs> just, just thousands, if not millions of teeth. He's just like, did you ever see that show Channel Zero? God, that tooth monster was fucking hot. Uh-huh. <laughs> fucking come all over the place. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Bud, he um, apparently he's actually he's parted ways with the, the union because of too many 
um, violations of their ordinances. So he's kind of freelancing right now, um, basically using what basically equates to like a pawn shop to exchange his teeth. Um, it's kind of like a, I don't know, black market probably wouldn't be the right description, but not not where he gets the big money. So he's just kind of doing what he has to do. His work and his, um, you know, his his distraction from his family has caused his, his wife has split up with him. Um, so he is trying to be basically a part-time dad and a full-time vampire hunter. Um, I just want my kids back. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's doing what he can. And he has just missed too, you know, one too many, you know, pickups from school or, you know, parties or, or whatever that his wife has said, okay, well, we, we, we can't afford to live here anymore. Um, so I'm, I'm entertaining offers to sell the house and we're going to move to Florida to live, to live with, I think, pay, live with her, her parents, right? Her, her mom. Yeah. Um, and so he freaks out and taps his buddy from, from the military, uh, Big John Elliot, played by <laughs> Snoop Dogg, who is this fucking black cowboy. <laughs> fucking Snoop Dogg, who's got to be 6'5", if he's an inch. Oh. Oh, I'm just talking about he's a big motherfucker. Yeah, and he tall. rolls up. He rolls up in this big-ass truck, rolls out, and like... Am I remembering this wrong, or does he open up his truck door and just a cloud of smoke rolls out? I don't recall that. I mean, that sounds like something would happen. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it wasn't in the script. But they they tried. They did seven takes, and they just couldn't get one where there wasn't a cloud of smoke. <laughs> it's like out. Snoop, you can have the weed right back. We just got to <laughs> get this take. Um. But yeah, he, he's he's uh, he steps out of his truck and he's wearing the fucking cowboy hat. He's got this fucking ankle length duster on and you know, cowboy boots. And <laughs> it's like he fuck. doesn't do enough flare with the duster. He's got to get more flare whipping it around <laughs> and not wear a shirt underneath. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so he's. Big John, who is just like this all-star with the union, he uh, asks him to help him kind of get back into the union. Um, and the union boss uh, fucking hates him because he's he's a stickler for the rules and Bud is a stickler for breaking rules. Um, and so they just kind of butt heads. But because he has so much respect for Big John, and it almost seems like he doesn't want to rub John the wrong way. <laughs> he he volunteers to let him, or he, he he says, "Okay, you're back on on a kind of like a probationary period." Um, and he says, "You're taking the day shift." Yeah, at... it. <laughs> um, and which uh, obviously, when you're fighting vampires, does not do well. Like you, it's very hard to hunt vampires in the day. Right. 
um, so he, uh, and he says, and you you have to have a union representative with you at all times to make sure that you're not breaking rules again. Well, we find out the, the union rep that has to tail along with him is, uh, Dave Franco. Um, what was his character? Uh, Seth. Yes. Do we, um, do we like Dave Franco? I know James is like- a... Yeah, like I, I mean, like I know James is a piece of shit. So, like, is Dave clear or? As far as I know, okay. I mean, I just couldn't keep unless keep he was up. like complicit in his brother's actions. Yeah, <laughs> but you know that's kind of ambiguous. I don't personally have a problem with him. I think he's funny. I think he's a good actor. Let it burn. <laughs> I said, let it burn. <laughs> Um, but, uh, anyway, so yeah, he's, he's a bookworm. He has no business being out in the field. He, he says as much, um, but the, the union boss was Seeger. That was his name. Um, he says that, you know, if you want to move up in this organization, this is what you have to do. And it's like, and he basically says, I want you to look for any reason for me to get rid of Jablonski. Um, and so they, they, they start out and they butt heads because, you know, Bud doesn't want a tag along, especially some guy who's pr- pretty much useless in the field. But Seth is also a bur- bookworm. Not only is he familiar with all the union protocols, but also he is almost like kind of an inexperienced expert with uh, vampires. Um, so... Aside from that main story, we've got a real estate agent who is slowly taking over the valley. She's just buying everything up. Um, we learn that, let's see, Audrey, yeah, Audrey San Fernando. <laughs> so um, she is, of course, a vampire. Um, who is buying all all this property in the valley to take it over because there was at one point when vampires ruled. I feel like she didn't say just the valley. She said like California. Like the, yeah. the, this whole area was ru- ruled by vampires. And like you said, your people built temples to us of, you know, bone and, and stone and, and bone. Is that what she said? doesn't sound right, but it sounds good. <laughs> I know she said bone, but I couldn't remember what the other word was. And I th- feel like it was stone. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, she's been basically whacking off other um, uh, vampire bosses um, in order to take over the valley and be kind of be like the head honcho. <clears throat> Anyway, um, and at one point, actually in the opening scene, Bud, while he's cleaning a, you know, erat, uh, erat, what's the word? What would be the good word for this? Um, exterminating in a house, I guess, or eradicating in a house. Uh, he kills an old lady vampire, 
who is quite spry. Yeah, like I texted you and I was like, this old lady's a fucking luchador, man. Yeah, she's jumping all know, over the. I want to know who the fight choreographer was on this, because there's a lot of wrestling moves in this. <laughs> um, the best one yeah, is she's... When, when Franco does a fucking code red through a table. Code red. It's when like person bends over and you get on their back and then you go under their legs and like flip over. So they land on like a power bomb. Ah, and Franco does that mm-hmm. to a vampire through a table. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could get more into that part, but it's kind of a, kind of a spoiler. Yeah. Right. Um. Anyway. So yeah, bud, he's cleaning house uh, at the beginning of the movie kills a, a couple vampires. One of them being this old lady come to find out that this old lady was actually Audrey's daughter. We find out through just a story that Audrey came from Spain. Or did yes. they, this, I think was I Spain. Think Spain. Okay. She came from Spain, you know, way back when, and had to leave her daughter there. Be and in the time she was able to come back and get her and turn her into a vampire, she'd already grown into an old lady. So that's why Audrey's daughter looks like she could be her mother or grandmother, even. Um. Anyway, so through you know, following the following the clues, you know, the breadcrumbs. Audrey finds out that it's actually Bud that killed her daughter. And so they she's on just a, a manhunt for Bud. And Bud is, you know, along with Seth, is tracking, like, this this change in, in the valley that they can't quite define or explain. But um, something is going on, and they don't know, quite know what is going on. Um, so they're trying to figure that out throughout the entire movie. And basically what it is, is that Audrey, like I said, is trying to um, not only um, take over the valley and turn it back, turn vampires back to power, but also she's developing. Um, so she's developing some way for vampires to be able to live in the sunlight. Yeah. So. It's like a um, sunscreen made of bone or something. Right. Anyway, so, I mean, that's the basic premise of the movie. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spoil any details. But. Okay, but you left out, like, two of my favorite pe- characters in the whole thing. Um, this Peter Stormare, for one. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Peter Stormare, basically, he plays his, you know, black market fence for for the vampire teeth and he's just a total asshole yeah he takes his fucking air force once <laughs> hey you pause this uh who's your other favorite oh uh steve howie the like the, the other two hunters the European guys or whatever they are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, Steve Howie and um, and Scott Atkins actually he was a, a famous uh, martial artist. 
Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, they played the Nazarian brothers, who were a couple of just like very loud. I mean, not not just like like audibly loud, just loud people. Yeah, <laughs> ostentatious, I guess you might say. Um, yeah, their cover is that they're electricians, so they just cruise around in this big van. But yeah, they're showy people. And Bud doesn't seem to like them very much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Steve Howie. I just find Steve Howie funny. He's pretty funny. Um, they're, they're making a, uh, a TV show based on True Lies, that Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah. And he's playing Schwarzenegger's character. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Actually, it looks like it might be pretty good. <clears throat> Anyway, um, so yeah, what, what did you think, Taylor? I thought it was good. It was, uh, I mean, it's definitely not a horror movie in the traditional sense. It's much more of an action movie, but I mean, obviously, since they're yeah. vampires, it's going to get that classification. Um, but it was good. It, it like felt very kind of Blade, but like more fun. Yeah, yeah, I definitely got a lot of Blade elements, especially with Audrey. She. Um, kind of struck Audrey me also like, gave me a, a lot of uh from dust till dawn vibes yeah yeah with i mean especially with her um latina yeah you know heritage um but uh yeah it's um and she's like choke slamming people <laughs> yeah she she doesn't fuck around and then she got that crony dude that was like throwing people around too yeah big like fucking european guy i think yeah. he was european it's kind of hard to tell yeah one of those kind of like ambiguous sounding accents but um yeah no i i liked it too i thought i thought it was going to be like really cheesy but it kind of it wasn't i mean it was like you said it was an action movie and that comes with a certain amount of cheese it just sure in itself. Um, but it wasn't like over the top and like, there wasn't a lot of like one liners or anything like that. Um, yeah, it was a pretty solid movie. And like, aside from the whole element of this union that's being funded somehow, it's all, I mean, you know, considering vampires, it's all pretty, um, straightforward. Yeah. Like that, Based on that first fight, I thought it was going to be like a lot of, you know, tight fights, like tight in camera and like a lot, a lot of flippy doos and all kinds of shit like that. So I was happy to see it get a little more open with the, the rest of the, the vampire fights. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, there, there, there are two big fight scenes in the movie um, and they were both pretty awesome. Like the choreography was fucking on point. Um, yeah, like I said, I would love to know who the fight choreographer was because the the fights were awesome. And and then, like I said, there was all these wrestling moves in it. Yeah, and um, one thing I really liked that they kind of incorporated, you know, like similar to how you have like different kind of, of zombies, and you know, depending on the movie, you have like the slow shambling ones. You have the 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 rage zombies as they're referred to you know just these different breeds of vampire or of, of zombies and 
you get the same thing in vampire movies. You know, there are different kinds of vampires, just depending on what kind of movie you're watching. This one, it basically incorporated all of them. Like they're basically different breeds of vampires. There is, let's see, I think it said Eastern. Oh, yeah. Eastern, Southern, I think, which I think implied like, you know, uh, you know, Latin America and maybe even South America. Then there was spider. Um, I think zombie was one of them. Uh, and elder, which I th- got the impression that was basically any zombie or any vampire over a hundred years old was, was an elder. Um, and yeah, just basically different breeds of vampires. And that's kind of what, um, what Seth noticed was when they're, they're clearing a house and there are all these different kinds of vampires inside of it. And when they're all, when they've killed them all, they're like, Seth says, this is weird. These vampires wouldn't live together. I, this is a very strange circumstance. And, you know, the, the Nazarians, they kind of brush it off. But Bud's the ones like, you know what? You, you got a point here. They wouldn't normally be, be together. So this, this is a weird situation. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so the fight choreographer yeah. is Felix Betancourt. What's the, what, what kind of, any, any credits of note? Uh, he looks like he did a bunch of Marvel stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, Endgame, uh, Luke Cage. Did Zombieland Double Tap. I don't know if he, like if these were all just stunts or, um, looks like he direct, did some directing. Nothing of note. A little bit of acting, like he was ninja zombie in Double Tap. Okay. And in Luke Cage, he was Ricky. <laughs> Ricky. Yeah, mostly just stunts, but um, yeah, like a lot of fight choreographer, stunt coordinator, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then like actual stunt work. But as far as I can tell, no independent wrestling. Got it. Must just be a fan. Right. Anyway, um, I liked uh, the little girl who played his daughter was good too. Like I think uh, child actors kind of get overlooked a lot, of, a lot of times. But see, Zion Brodnax looks maybe even her first role. But I thought she was pretty good. She had a good screen presence and. You know the way she interacted with uh, with Jamie Fox, especially, was pretty good. I thought. Yeah, she had some funny moments. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like a one of those kids that's just like isn't like phased by you know the the scary shit going on around. Yeah. But and then Megan, good man, she fine. <laughs> Or as Snoop Dogg would say, good, good. Right. He would say that. <laughs> he, he says that from time to time. Uh-huh. Trying to... S- oh, that's right. Uh, I think the first the first thing I ever noticed her in was uh, Californication. Did you ever watch that? I think I saw like three episodes. Okay. Well, she had a recurring role in there one season. She was uh, 
think she was I think she was Riz's girlfriend or something. Um like from Wu Tang? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh Duchovny's character, Hank, was writing a movie with Riza. And I, I, if I remember right, he was, she was his girlfriend or wife or something. I, I can't remember. <clears throat> anyway, but that's the first time I ever noticed her. And I'm like, whoo, whoo. Hey, hey, girl, hey. You know what I said? I said, yo. Yeah. Scotty Wallace here? <laughs> he keeps poor company. <laughs> uh yeah, uh, it, it's an action movie, so you know you you don't look for it to be super deep or to have very thick, uh, you know, thought provoking story. But um, it, it 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 was a good story. It all worked really well. It was it was interesting and yeah, pretty original. I don't I don't recall seeing anything too too much like this yeah um aside from you know the things that had similar elements like we mentioned but um and then franco is is hilarious in it like he's just a, it, such a huge nerd yeah it's it's funny play seeing him play you know kind of the smarmy dickhead roles like he did in like you know, like 21 jump street and you know uh like that fucking abysmal ninth season of scrubs like that's kind of how I think he got introduced to Hollywood or, you know, how people became familiar with him, but he's actually got some pretty dynamic range because this, this role was nothing like that. Yeah. Do you remember him in super bad? Super. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, why don't you go piss your pants again? It was one time. <laughs> it was like eight years ago. <laughs> people don't forget. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Good enough. <laughs> Too much fun. Uh, yeah. And so uh, the director of this was J JJ Perry. Apparently, this is his directorial debut. Really? Or, I always wonder how guys get the like. How how do you make your directorial debut in a Netflix Jamie Fox Snoop Dogg movie like? I honestly could not tell you. He, um, let's see. He, I mean, he's been around for a while. Apparently, he's a he's a highly trained martial artist. Uh, he has a history of doing stunt work. Um, yeah, he he did stunt work for Johnny Cage in the Mortal, first Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, okay. Oh, and he played Scorpion, Cyrax, and Noobs Cybot in the second movie. Which we we don't talk about. There, what second movie? <laughs> um, yes, and it looks like he's done a, a lot of acting and stunt work and stuff. Um, and he's been, he has some experience as a second unit director. Um, so basically, you know, doing B roll and pickups and stuff like that. This is his first time directing the big unit, <laughs> right? Big unit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so for his first uh, first venture out, you know, solo, 
some solid work here. Are we still going to go to Ichiro's Hall of Fame induct induct inductation? What the hell's the word? Induction. <laughs> induction, and just heckle him and tell him that fifty one is not Ichiro. Yep, <laughs> I think we should do that. Just so he knows. We should get so the goes- guys. We should we should call the guys from Kane Hodder and ask them if they want to join us, and they'll be like, "Who is this? And what are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> Dude, you're talking about one joke we made like 15 years ago on a podcast that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> you can't even find old episodes online. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, good movie overall. I, like, I don't really have any major complaints about it. Yeah, um, like, I, it's a fun action vampire movie, and, and like I said, the the fights aren't annoying. Like a lot of times, fight scenes in movies like this are so like everything's moving so fast and the camera's so tight that you can't really follow what's going on. It's like fucking Michael Bay. What are you doing? <laughs> but th- this one wasn't bad. Like even the hand to hand fights are are still pretty easy to follow. Yeah, there's a, a couple. I mean, well, I guess the the second big fight scene, um, you could see like the actors who aren't stuntmen. Um, the transition between them and the stunt people was seamless. Yeah, like there were part or parts where I would swear the actors were doing like these fucking like aerobatic stunts. Yeah, like when Franco does the uh, the code red, like it looks like Franco did a code red. Yeah, wonder if they digitally put their faces on him or something. Could be, which I have no complaints about. I mean, the, if you have the technology, do it. We have the technology; we can rebuild him. <laughs> At least his face. I, uh, I was watching something recently, um, and it wasn't about Terminator Two but it was mentioning Terminator 2 in reference to like uh, enhanced um, uh, CGI. And like when, can you picture the scene in uh, um, Terminator 2 where Schwarzenegger is riding his bike and he jumps off that cement railing down into the LA river. Yeah. And like, you know, barks, you know, bike sparking and all that shit. Um, Well, the stunt man was actually wearing, uh, I don't think it was like a full like pullover mask, but like appliances to make him look like Arnold. But you know, wh- when you get you know high def restorations and stuff, you kind of see like, oh well, that's definitely not Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so I guess in now in like more recent re- restorations and releases and stuff, they've actually digitally put his face on the body. So it. Oh yeah. So I mean, yeah, it could easily have been something like that, or they we just. Put, put the actor's face on the person's body. I like how they do with the little baby Colin Robinson. <laughs> that's, head. that's so bad, but I think they're doing it intentionally. <laughs> oh, they have to be. It's like, there's no way that fucking, you know, FX, which is owned by Disney, is allowing them to use such shitty, uh, you know, you know, face replacement without it being a fucking gag. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. 
also the way that he starts every sentence with uh guess what yeah <laughs> you want to know it what just, yeah <laughs> like when, he, when he's talking to like the other kids he's like hey guess what do you guys play animal yeah. crossing or whatever the game was and i'm just like why did he say guess what <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've probably all met at least one kid who does that. Oh, yeah. That's why it's so funny. Yeah, exactly. It's like people that write that show are fucking genius because they, they just. Get it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, it's funny in that, you know, the, the, the characters are ridiculous and the premise is silly, but they incorporate these, these tiny little uh, elements of real life that just like. It's like, oh my god, yeah, that does happen all the time. <laughs> Women do be shopping. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, anything else to add? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um. Oh yes, actually, um, oh, I like okay. the part where the Snoop pulls up the Snoop. That's right. Snoop pulls out like a a mini gun. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And it's got like a shield on it that says Big Brother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? I'm this is it's not really a spoiler, I guess. But the very end of the movie, the very like the very last line is uh, Snoop Dogg saying it's what I love about L.A. is all the damn vampires. Yeah. Which, of course, is a take on uh, Lost Boys. Yeah. And the fact that it's Snoop Dogg is fucking hilarious. All right. Well, um, yeah, I I liked it a lot. I mean, I didn't expect, like I said, I expected it to be really corny and, you know, kind of a throwaway movie like so many Netflix movies are. But this one was actually pretty solid. I could see myself watching it again at some point. Yeah, um, I'm not a big Jamie Foxx fan, and it's, mm-hmm. it's nothing. It's nothing against him. I just most of the time I don't like his movies, and just mm-hmm. the roles that he picks. Um, and so I was kind of trepidatious about this, but I, I thought it was good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I give it an eight. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I almost said nine, but you know, when I think about the movies that I've given nines to, it's like, that's, yeah, that's a little much. There. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. Well, that's, that's it guys. We made it to the end of the show. Um, hopefully it sounds okay. Cause we actually had to record the, record this in uh, two sessions. So hopefully fingers crossed, I can get this into one cohesive episode. <laughs> Um, yeah. So we'll be back in a couple weeks with a brand new episode and two new movies for you. Well, are they new? I can't remember. Mm, Taylor, what are we going to be watching? Mine's not that new. Uh, well, my pick is men, which is not new, new, but it's newish. Uh, not that new, new. Yeah. It's, I think it's like just coming out on VOD or DVD or something. And that was why I picked it. I think you're right. Yeah. It had a really short theater life, so it did, yeah. Uh, and then the invitation, right? That, okay, yeah, that is a that's a, a that's brand a theater one, out, right? You're welcome. <laughs> For 
What? That's a joke, son. Making me go outside? <laughs> God forbid. Uh, yeah, another vampire movie, which was uh, not intentional, but there you go. Here's what it is. <laughs> and you know what? Like, we got Octoberama coming up. You know, it's just right around the corner. And I'm like, God damn it. I just burned two vampire movies. And now I have to think of one for Octoberama. Yep. <laughs> but I got one, so don't worry. Because I know you were. Right. <laughs> okay, guys. So in the meantime, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as, as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, if the place you're listening lets you leave a review, then do that. Give us five stars. And uh, also Ooh, make sure yeah. you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore plot and patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast if you want to join us for some exclusive content. Uh, Tony just mentioned Octoberama. Our patrons get to pick one month uh, theme in Octoberama. So if you want to get in on that, join us. Oh, yeah. One week, it's not a month. month. Did I say month? Yeah, you said month. No, I said theme, I thought. You said one month. You said, you said one month theme. Oh, yeah. One week's theme. Right. You don't get to pick all goddamn month. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. And also greatplotfilmfest.com submissions now being accepted. It's true. Join us. They are being accepted. Cool guys. Well, we'll be back, uh, on our regular, regularly scheduled day. I'm not sure when this episode's coming out yet. Cause I still have to edit, edit it. So I won't say two weeks, but look for us on the regularly scheduled day and, or just subscribe and, we, and just get the episode whenever it comes out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't have to listen to this on the day it comes out. This isn't fucking communist Russia. I don't know. <laughs> or something. This isn't that sounds like radio. radio. <laughs> yeah. This isn't like fucking TV before VOD existed. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. Who watches shit live anymore? Fucking nobody. Actually, I was uh, at lunch with my family and, and some other people, and Brag. they were, huh? Brag, brag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, they were um, lamenting the fact that um, Thursday night football is exclusively on Amazon this season, and uh, apparently on Amazon they won't let you. You can't pause it. You can't rewind it. You can't record it. Which was never really an issue because I think you you weren't ever able to record NFL. I think that's always been a thing. Um, but uh, you could if you have a VCR. If you had a VCR, but then some FBI agents might kick down your door and shoot your TV. <laughs> what was Just that? Family your guy? TV. I think it was a Family Guy bit. Like he recorded. Of an NFL game and like actually I think they were like agents of the NFL kicked down the door and like shot his TV <laughs> anyway um, but yeah that's a Trump <laughs> sure. just because yeah 
Just you. Grab those boxes. You. Shoot the TV. <laughs> Fuck that TV. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were, they were, like I said, lamenting the fact that they, you can't pause, you can't rewind any of that. And it's just like, well, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you couldn't do that anyway. So if you had to take a piss or a shit or you need to get a new beer or something, you had to do it during the commercial break. Yeah. So, you know, shut up. <laughs> All right. Damn millennials. <laughs> These people are both older than me. <laughs> like, not millennials. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, um, yeah. Catch us on the next episode, guys. Uh, until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. You know I'm back, like I never left. I never left. Another spread, another step. Another step. Another day, another breath. Another breath. Been chasing dreams, but I never slept. I never slept. I got a new attitude that at least on life is a piece of mind. Seeking to find, I can sleep when I die. Want a piece of the pie, got the keys to the ride and shit. I'm straight, I'm on my way. I'm on my way, get up my way. I'm running late. What can I say? I heard you die twice. Once when they bury you in the grave. And the second time is the last time that somebody mentions your name. So when I leave here on this earth, did I take more than I gave? Did I look out for the people or did I do it all for fame? Legend is Exodus, searching for euphoria. Judging through the mud to find the present, no ignoring us. Got 20,000 deep up in the street like we some warriors. My mama told me never. You know that we've been good.